0: It's a
1: All right. Good morning. How is everybody? Good. Now I want you all to use your imaginations a little bit. Let's say that this was filled with all kinds of candy. What else? Cheese. It, looks like cheese. it does look like cheese, huh? Did I hear pepperoni. Maybe it could be money. Maybe it could be a whole bunch of pennies or a whole bunch of dimes. Chili beans. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. I have asked Ethan to come up here, and Ethan, I want you to come right up here. Can y'all let Ethan through so he can get right? Stand right in front of me come right up here bud can you walk through this way right there alright now what I want Ethan to do is go inside here and he's going to grab as big of a handful of this stuff as he possibly can alright so I want you to reach in all the way in big fistful now put it in a tight fist it's, hold your fist come on you got to hold your fist there you go alright alright you can let go now did that hurt a... yes, yes. alright thank you now here's the deal There's a lot of stuff in here, but at some point, you got to let the stuff go in order to get it out. Because if you reach in there and you try to get all the stuff and you want to hold on to it tight, you know what doesn't come out? Your fist. And so you're going to be a permanent vase hand. Right? Everybody will think you kind of look kind of funny walking around with a vase on your hand. What you have to do is let go just a little bit right of all that stuff and maybe you don't get all the stuff you may want right but you can get what you need I want some right and you can keep it hold oh, on hold on hold on hold on believe me believe me it's not worth anything it's just shredded up paper so there's no hold on hold on I've lost total control here we're going to put this up All right, let's sit down. All right, sit down, David, please. Everybody, put your hands together, and let's pray. Dear God, thank you for all the things you give us. We thank you for the beds we sleep in. We thank you for the homes we live in. We thank you for the food that we eat. And Lord, when we have an opportunity to share, help us share. When we have an opportunity to give, help us give so that others might have, that we don't have to have everything that we possibly want but that you will provide us what we need and that we can give the rest to those in this world who also need. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all. You guys can head back that way. Very cool. All right. Best laid plans, right? That seems to be the day, right? I think that seems to be my day. I think it started yesterday. I jumped the gun on a couple other things yesterday too, but it is what it is, right? Alright, if you would like to turn in your Bibles today, we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 18, 18-30. through 30. Luke chapter 18, 18-30 through to give you an opportunity if you have your Bibles to look that up. I'm going to talk a little bit. First of all, if you are a first-time guest today, I want to, I want to ease your mind. Just a little. You have come on one of the, mo- the, the most difficult Sundays to, to be in church to a certain degree because we are talking about everybody's favorite subject, and that is money. Now, I want to assure you that we do not talk about money every single Sunday, of every single week, of every single month, of every single year. But I also want you to know, standing from this point, that we are not afraid to talk about money either because it's not about us getting your money and putting it in our pockets. It is about us as a people being faithful to God and listening and responding to what He's calling us to do. Um, So I want you to know that if you're a first time guest today, you're off the hook. You can listen and I hope that, that the message that we have today will mean something to you, whether you come back here or not, but that something will touch your heart about what God has given to us and what we can give to God, but I want to, to just rest your minds at ease a little bit this morning uh, as we de- delve into this subject that is uh, never easy. Now, those of you who are regular attenders, those of you who are members, yes, I noticed Melanie did the right thing, she, I would just do this, right? Right? Uh, As I would do with my children, Uh, give me your face. And I'll hold it right here so I can look in your eyes and we can have a conversation. Uh, This should not be a scary thing. It shouldn't be. It's a part of our life. It's a part of everything we do. So uh, let's all just uh, take a deep breath. And then we'll start. Luke 18, 18 18-30. A certain ruler asked him, that is Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Let's pray. God, we come before You with our lives, and we simply come to Your throne and ask that You would hear our hearts cry, hear the desires of who we are, and speak into our lives that we might be changed for Your glory and for Your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. I'm going to invite the ushers, if they would now. If you are a giving unit, I hate that term, because, but that's the term they use, a giving unit. If you are a family uh, and you are giving or, or would like to consider giving, I would like you to either stand or raise your hand so our ushers can give you our pledge card for this year. So if you are a giving unit, one, family, one person in a family just needs to raise their hand. Uh, and they will come by and give you one of these. While they do that, I want to talk just a little bit <clears throat> about, uh, you know, we're doing this series called C90X, and that's all kind of a, a take-off on the whole P90X exercise routine. Now, um, when you do the P90X uh, exercise routine, um, there are some muscles that you use that um, you didn't know you had, and when you wake up the next morning they let you know that you didn't know you had that muscle because you'll exercise and you feel really good. And then you go to bed that night and the next morning, it's like, man, that hurts. I don't know if I want to get out of bed because my hip hurts or my arms hurt or my triceps hurt or whatever obliques. I'm not even sure what all those muscles are, but you know, something hurts because I've worked it hard and, and I'm trying to get stronger. Now, let me just forewarn you, church. When you exercise the giving muscle... Yeah, you got it already. They're already giggling. You get it. When you exercise the giving muscle, sometimes, I will tell you very honestly, it is going to hurt. And what? how many of you all have ever heard this phrase from an, uh, from an exercise guru? No pain... You know it. No pain, no gain. Now, I want to go through and talk about these, uh, this man, this gentleman who has come to Jesus. I, he's a ruler. So he must be well respected. He must be a man of integrity. He must be someone that everybody trusts and knows. He must be hard working. There is no doubt from this story that he is wealthy. And I just have a question uh, as we get to that. Why, why is it, and y'all can shoot me later, but <laughs> why is it um, the richer we get, the poorer we think we are? Because you know, I, I've been in, in a few places around the world. I've been in some of the poorest places in this world where people don't have walls for homes. They have uh, cardboard And uh, pallets. They have dirt floors. They're uh, pirating electricity if they even have that. They're hoping that they might have water. And yet, these folks, when I'm around them, man, when they give, they give so joyously. They give from their hearts because they love Jesus. And so I guess my question is with this with this guy, why is it that when we have a little... Man, I know it's painful to give when we don't have very much. It's more painful than most of us can imagine in this room. But the the richer we get, somehow we feel like we're poor because we like to, to do the whole... I'll get my fist in here and I'm going to hold it tight. And everybody else looks around and go, Man, you look funny. But we're going to hold on to it as much as we possibly can. I don't get that, uh, but John Wesley got it, the founder of United Methodism. He said, you know, the only problem with all the Methodists doing the things that I ask them to do, save all you can, give all you can, all that kind of stuff, work hard, do everything that you're supposed to do in the right way, is that they will go from being poor to being rich. And he knew the dangers. He saw it. When people's lives get transformed, they start getting all this money and then somehow we become more greedy. And I think in this, this man is there. Now I guess the question for us is, is that us? Is that me? Is that you? I can't answer that for you. I'm not going to sit here and point a finger at you either. I'm talking to me and I'm asking you to listen to God. Is this you? standing before Jesus saying, what must I do to uh, have eternal life? Now, I, I find it very interesting that when Jesus answers this question, um, He doesn't say, do you know the commandments? Does He? That's not the, the statement. He doesn't ask a question, do you know the commandments? He says, you know the commandments. So I love Jesus a lot of times, but this is one of those times I'm like, man, you are tricky, dude. Because you are setting him up. He's going to walk right into this. I know he is. Yes, I know all these commandments. Yeah, I know you know all these commandments. That's why I said, you know all the commandments. Makes the list. The guy says, yep, and I do all those since I was a little boy. He loves others. He loves God. He's trying his best to follow God in the way he understands God. And then there comes this moment on some hillside with Jesus. And here it comes. I know you know those things. You lack one thing. You lack one thing. Now how many of you know, obviously we read the scripture, but how many of you know what's coming? You lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Now, we like to take passages like this and all these passages that we've looked at over this last month are the same. We like to take these passages and say, well, there, this is just a story. This, this isn't real. Jesus is trying to get, a, get across a point. And I guess when I come to these passages, the scary question that always haunts me is, what if he's serious? What if he's being absolutely dead, spot-on serious? And he looks at us, people who belong to probably the richest country in the world, and he says, sell everything you have and follow me. Now, in, in that... Um, Jesus is making a statement, and I think a very bold statement, and I think a statement today that our culture in the United States needs to hear and the culture of the church, I think, needs to hear. We don't give to God as a means to an end. We don't give to God in order that He might bless us with another Mercedes-Benz or a Rolex. We don't give to God in order to have a bigger house and a thicker portfolio. We don't give to God as a means to an end. In fact, this guy, when, when Jesus says, sell everything you have and, and give it to the poor, the last statement he says is, follow me. Well, what, what was the question this gentleman came to Jesus with? How do I inherit eternal life? How do I get beyond this life into eternal life to be with God? And Jesus doesn't even go there, does He? He may after a while. But He says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and what? Follow Me. We don't give to God as a means to an end. We give to God because Jesus is the end. He is the greatest gift ever given. And He's saying to this man, I am not a means to an end. I am the end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I am all you need. Now will you give that which is the most precious to you in this world away and follow Me? Because then I know that you're not depending on Ben Franklin. Then I know you're not depending on Abraham Lincoln. Then I know you are depending on the one who provided you life. You are depending on the one who provided you food this very day. You are depending on the one who gave his life or who will give his life for you. Now, folks, the jar, you all know the story of the monkey, right? And the jar, the whole thing. But there's another thing, and I think we did this last year, but I want you to do this with me. Actually, I'll just put this down. Put your hands out like this for me. Now, I want you to clench your fists as hard as you possibly can. Now, when you're in this stature... And you're holding your fists just like this. What are you ready to do? Fight, right? And that's what our culture tells us, right? You want to make it in the world? You fight for everything you got. You're ready to fight tooth and nail to keep everything. Man, I earned this stuff. Don't tell me what to do with it. This is my stuff. You're going to mess with my stuff. You're going to get a fist in the face. You're going to mess with my house. You're going to get a fist in the face. This is how we live, right? This is my stuff. And we're ready to fight. Now, let's try this. What kind of posture do you have if you open your hands and you let go? What are you ready to do? Okay, give and receive. We got them both right there. You give it up. And you are ready to receive. Until we give up those things that are most dear to us in the depths of our hearts. And give them over to God. We will fight Him tooth and nail. We will fight everybody else. For as long as we live to keep what we have. And you're right. You did earn it. You've worked hard. That's not... I agree with you. At some point God says... Open your hands. Let it go. And be ready to receive me as the end. As the greatest thing you ever will have in your life. So what must we do? I have a dream. The reality of... Our existence in this room today is that we are supported by the conference, the district, and Western Hills United Methodist Church. And because other people are willing to give up what they have in order to give life to us, we exist today. My dream is that we will grow to an extent and be so gracious with our giving that we will be able to do the same thing for another church That we will be able to give a portion of what we have so somebody else can start another faith community in another place in order to reach more people and let them see the love of Jesus Christ. I have hopes. I have hopes and dreams of seeing people come into the walls of this place and finding freedom, finding love, finding grace, finding freedom from all those things that entangle our lives whether they be addictions or relationships or whatever it may be, those things that we have got to learn to do better, I have hopes that every one of these seats are filled and we are standing on the walls. I have a dream that in our future and in the present, we are the body of Christ in West El Paso. That we will express ourselves through praying not only for this church, but for this entire community. That we will be the body of Christ in presence, uh, in a place where no perfect people are allowed. So that when we walk through the doors, every single person in this room and every single person who walks in new looks around and goes, you know what, Um, these people are normal. These people are broken. These people are hurting just like me, but they seem to be seeking after one who can heal them, who can make them whole, who can help them be better people, who can change their lives. But I don't get that sense that they're pointing fingers. But they're loving on each other and knowing that God will love them too. Have a dream for, services, for service where families, all kinds of families, in fact, I'm going to throw out the term family. Let's try this. Homes. Because it doesn't matter who you are. If you got a home, whether it be a small home in a cardboard box or a great big mansion on the side of a hill, you live in a home in some way, shape, or form where homes will serve God and serve this community without fail with smiles on saying we are going to love others as Christ has loved me. I have a dream, and Leah and I have been talking about this, and we're going to begin to pursue this dream, that this would be a church where families with special needs children can come and be and know that their kids are going to be loved and cared for and nurtured and learn about Jesus Christ. And when they walk through these doors, they're not going to have a bunch of church people look down their noses at them and say, your kid's different, they don't belong. But we will have open arms and say, come on. We want to love you. We want to care for you. We want to care for your whole family. I have a dream for a church that is not so center, self-centered that everything we do is about us, but one that is so outward focused that 95% of the time we are looking outside our walls to the people in this community who are longing for a friend, who are longing for someone to love and care for them, who are longing for someone to give them a hand up. But to do all of these things, for us to survive, for us to be the body of Christ, it will mean for us as a church to open our hands and give of what God has given to us. It doesn't matter how much. It matters the heart with which you give it. Because just like the woman who gave two shekels and Jesus said she gave more than the richest person who walked through the giving line this day, it's about her heart. It's about our heart. It's about knowing that God loves us and Jesus died for us and we are willing to give whatever it takes for others to know Him the greatest dream I have around giving in this community of faith, and I pray to God that one day He will let me see this, is that we bring in so much money that we are able to give away 50% of what is brought in that 50% will function and make this church be what it needs to be, but the other 50% will go to missions, will go to people who are doing great things in this community and beyond, that 50% will go beyond the walls of this church to say that we are not about just the ridge, but we are about the kingdom of God across the world. So I pray, church, that we would hear Jesus say, When we ask, well, who can be saved? Who can do this, God? Who can do this whole thing that you've asked? What does He say? Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, the beautiful thing in here is that Jesus does promise something. But I always find it interesting. We tend to want to... Promise or look at the material things. I'm going to leave that there. But did you notice the promise that Jesus made at the very end? He talks about all the relationships that people left. He doesn't say anything about money or their homes or the stuff they had. He says if you've left mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa to follow me, you will be blessed tenfold, a hundredfold with the relationships that will make your life better, different a part of the body of Christ I don't know what else to say but I do know as your pastor I long for us To have the transformation of our pocketbooks. (laughs) Not because I want a bunch of money. But because I want us to be able to chase after God with an open heart. And to say, Jesus, you can have it all. You can have it all. And you are enough. So I'm going to invite the band to come, if they would, and... We're going to respond. You have your cards for pledging today. There's a guide in there so that you know where you fall. And if you've not been giving, you know what? I just ask that you start somewhere. As I said, if you start exercising a muscle you haven't exercised in a while, it'll hurt. And it's okay for it to hurt, but we don't want you to break a bone or rip a muscle or anything. So start where you are. Wherever you are, maybe you've not given anything. You start at one percent. Maybe you've been giving at five percent, and I encourage you to go to six or seven or eight. Maybe you've been given at an eight, and you can go to ten percent the tithe. Maybe you're already tithing, and you need to give sacrificially. It doesn't matter to me. This is between you and God, and we want you to take the time to pray. And as you come and you drop off your uh, cards. Or if you did not get a card and you're a guest today and you would like to take one of these home, every adult in the room can take one of these. Every teenager, if you drive, I suppose you can take one of these. It says, contentment. Lord, help me to be grateful for what I have, to remember that I don't need most of what I want and that joy is found in simplicity and generosity. And you can put those on your keychains. So I want to invite you to come after you filled out your, uh, your card, your pledge for the year, I would just ask that you would come and lay it on the altar. If you want to pray over it and give it to God, please do so, and please take a little key card for you today. All right, you all may come.
0: song, to him who said on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come.